Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in 1 Corinthians. Last time we read chapter 7 where Paul gives a lot of advice about marriage and different things regarding marriage. Um, quite a bit of that is just his own advice and not really uh, not necessarily commandments from the Lord, but, uh, but it's good advice nonetheless. So here we are, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and Paul is going to talk about another subject which um, it seems that they had asked him regarding. <clears throat> so this is chapter 8, verse 1. Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge concerning this. Knowledge alone makes people self-righteously arrogant. But love that unselfishly seeks the best for others builds up and encourages others to grow in wisdom. So godly love is the love that is unselfish and it's looking for the best for others. If anyone imagines that he knows and understands anything of divine matters, matters without love, he has not yet known as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God with all filled reverence, obedience, and gratitude, he is known by him as his very own and is greatly loved. In this matter, then, of eating food offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, it has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, who is the source of all things, and we exist for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things that have been created, and we, believers, exist and have life and have been redeemed through him. So Paul here, <clears throat> he's kind of he's kind of taking some time to get there, but he's, you know, he's speaking about the food sacrifice to idols, and he's explaining that the idols, those gods, such as they are called, they do not really exist. They are not anything real. The idol is just a statue. It's just a man-made thing. So he's trying to teach them this now. One thing he does say in verse 3, which is really good and it would be easy to miss. Um, but if anyone loves God with all filled reverence, obedience, and gratitude, he is known by him, in other words, that person is known by God, as his very own and is greatly loved. Now, this is from the Amplified. I'm always reading the Amplified nowadays. Um, it's not that I never look at anything else, but uh, I really find this to be very helpful. So you could, if you take out some of the um, some of the uh, uh, things that the Amplified is adding in here, you could say, "But if anyone loves God, he is known by Him. He is known by God." And uh, what? The what the reference here is that if anyone truly loves God as they should, with all field reverence, obedience, and gratitude, then he is known by God, he or she is known by God as God's very own and is greatly loved. So 
In other words, God really knows them and loves them. So, he's saying that as an encouragement so that they hopefully will be able to understand and, and what he's getting ready to say after that. After that, he goes into explaining that the idols are not really gods. That there's no God but our God, but one God. There's only one God. So, he's explaining how the idols represent something that do not exist, that there is no other God but God. Okay? So he's trying to get this across to them that there is only one God who is the source of all things and there is only one Lord, Jesus, by whom all things have been created and we, through him, we exist and live through him. Okay, so... Moving on from there, because um, there was, a, there's, you know, he was explaining there was only one God and one Lord, and that was God the Father, who is the source of all things, and the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things have been created, and we exist through Him. We were redeemed through Him. Now we're going to move on, verse seven. However, not all believers have this knowledge, but some, being accustomed throughout their lives to thinking of the idol until now as real and living still eat food as if it were sacrificed to an idol and because their conscience is weak it is defiled guilty ashamed pardon me just a moment um, <clears throat> so for these people because they for some reason they're believers, but they are for some. Maybe they're new believers. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they don't know enough. Um, he does say it's this is due to a lack of knowledge. Pardon me. Um, so probably they are new believers, and they just don't know better. And they've been taught their whole lives that the food sacrificed to idols um, was wrong for them to eat. You know, as a Christian now. Now, I'm going to read you a little note here that they have um, in the Amplified here. Um, basically, Paul's point is that meat that they might buy in the marketplace, even if it had been used in idol worship, was perfectly fine. You could buy that food, cook it, and eat it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Why? Because who cares? That the idol means nothing. There is no other god the pagan sacrifice or whatever, however this was used in idol worship, does not mean anything and the, the meat is not contaminated by that. <clears throat> the meat is not contaminated by that act. However, some people who were believers who had accepted Christ, they worried that they were violating the Christian faith if they ate that meat and it had been used in the worship of an idol, some other, some false god. Now we know that unless you really do something to the meat to contaminate it, that the meat would be fine. And that's, there's not a big deal in that. Because we know that. That meat is still meat. It's still fine to eat. There's nothing wrong with it. But if it bothers you and if it bothered someone else, you might not want to eat that in front of them or cause them that kind of a issue. And that's where Paul is going. So, 
Now food will not commend us to God, nor bring us close to Him. We are no worse off if we do not eat, nor are we better if we do eat. Meaning if we eat something like that, it doesn't matter. Whether we eat it or not, it doesn't bring us any closer to God. It doesn't help us in our relationship to God. It's not a big deal. Only be careful that this liberty of yours, this power to choose, does not somehow become a stumbling block. That is, a temptation to sin, to the weak in conscience, or you might think of it as a new Christian. For if someone sees you, a person having knowledge, now this is having knowledge of that there's no harm from eating this meat that was worshipped or that was used in idol worship. Um, if a person, if someone sees you eating that meat and they see you, hold on, I'm trying to look at this note here. Okay. Uh, so they see you having knowledge that it's okay to eat it and you eat it and he says eating in an idol's temple then if he is weak will he not be encouraged to eat things sacrificed to idols and violate his own convictions so if he's weak will it have him eat something that he feels is wrong for him to eat and will it make him you know feel conflicted and guilty um, for through your knowledge spiritual maturity this weak man is ruined that is he suffers in his spiritual life the brother for whom Christ died. So, in a way, doing that, you're, you're just causing them to have a problem. <clears throat> and when you sin against the brothers and sisters in this way, and wound their weak conscience by confusing them, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if my eating a certain food causes my brother to stumble, sin, I will not eat such meat ever again, so that I will not cause my brother to stumble. And Paul makes a good point. We Sometimes, even though we are free to do something and we have the liberty to do it, it's okay to not do it, just so you don't, you know, cause others to stumble to sin. You don't tempt them. You don't, you don't offend them. You don't hurt their feelings or confuse them. Now, the right way to go about it would be to teach them what is correct and what is true. Because I, I don't think it's... On the one hand, you don't want to be offensive and you don't want to hurt anyone. But I think you should try to teach them what is right and what is true. And then let them continue on however they want to continue. But make sure they at least have that chance to know what is right and what is true. And in this case, eating this meat... We're at the end of chapter 8, by the way. That's a very short chapter. At the... Um, at the end of this, I mean, when you come right down to it, it's just meat, it's just food. And it would be like any other food. It's, it's fine, there's no problem with eating that. Um, if it offends or disturbs someone, then maybe, you know, maybe we don't eat that around them. Maybe we abstain from eating that and offending them, and that's fine. And you can relate this to other things in life, um, rather than confusing them, especially if they're a new Christian or if they're weak in the faith, you know, um, rather than confusing them and making things difficult for them, take the time to, 
talk to them and explain to them and just abstain or stay away from that for that time being don't confuse them don't do that in such a way as to confuse them or to cause them to be tempted to do something that they feel and believe is wrong which would basically be sin for them and it's going to bother their conscience and we don't want that we don't want anybody's conscience bothered by something anyway that is not wrong there's nothing wrong with it so um, so while this is all about food you can you can project this to other things and um, we do have a lot of liberty in Christ and in the New Testament we have a lot of liberty we have a lot of freedom in what we um, <clears throat> what we what we eat what we consume what we uh, participate in and what we do um, some people they feel badly if they're around um, even something as simple as a charity raffle drawing because they consider um, any kind of lots or lottery or anything like that to be gambling and they consider that to be wrong. Now I understand that and I do my best to stay away from those things too um, for the most part because um, I don't want to offend anyone or give them the wrong impression or anything. But I believe, if, if we just want to talk about the truth of it, I believe that there's really nothing wrong with that. Uh, the disciples themselves cast lots to determine who would replace Judas. So they, in and of themselves, show that casting lots is just casting lots. It's just... It's, it's not... Um, it's not a sin in and of itself. Um, if you sit and play card games with people, and let's say you you don't even use real money but you just use like little chips and nobody's exchanging any money but you still go through the motions of playing a game and betting I don't see anything wrong with that um, I've done penny ante poker where you sit down you maybe a group of guys sit down with you know ten bucks of change each and they just play penny poker and we really don't care who wins or who doesn't and maybe at the end of the night you put it all into some pot for charity or something anyway but it doesn't matter but you know you're just doing it for fun and it, it's not really gambling in the in the sense of someone's losing something you know some big deal um, I don't see anything wrong with those types of things now some people would see something wrong with those and they would feel like that is sin and 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 in that instance for them because it would bother their conscience it would be sin to them um, I don't think God really looks at it as a sin but to their conscience to them it would be so I wouldn't do that around them or I wouldn't bother them and I wouldn't you know I've not done anything like that in years anyway I would not you know go out of my way to do anything like that that someone else might be offended by or hurt by it might bother them or maybe they um, have a gambling addiction I wouldn't want to uh, possibly lead them into any kind of temptation so you might understand that and the same would be true for alcohol most people would probably say if you drink a little glass of wine at a meal or something it's no big deal there are people who are alcoholic who can't even do that I wouldn't even have that around them to tempt him so I just wouldn't. If I knew they were an alcoholic, I would not have anything around them to even tempt them at all. Because that would just be the right Christian thing to do. Sometimes you don't know, and I understand that. But I'm just saying if you knew. 
Alright, so this is all about uh, the fact that we have liberty, but we need to be considerate of others. And, and that's, that's a message you may remember we had in Romans too. So we still need to be considerate of others, even though we are free to do a lot of things, and we are free to enjoy a lot of things in this world and on this earth. We do need to be considerate of others and uh, try not to do anything that is outside of love toward our, our brothers and, and uh, sisters in Christ. All right, so I hope, uh, hope that's been helpful. Hope you have a wonderful day. Remember to stay safe and remember that God loves you.